Jay, ready for BBS? Uh, well, I mean, I, I have my rope. Rope, check. Um, oh, flashlight. Flashlight, check. Check, okay, and, and my... Uh, Spelunker spook. helmet. Spook. Gotta light it up. Spelunker helmet. All right, we are all ready. All we need to do to get to BBS is go down this cave, through the tunnel, wait, and we wait, should wait. get there. We gotta go through the cave? Yes, we have to go through the cave. Why? Because it's Cave Quest VBS. There's no way that we can get to VBS unless we go through the cave or the tunnels. And but we could do it, CJ. You, you're gonna go with me, right? Of course I'm gonna go with you. Okay. We're gonna do it together. Together. Yes. Ready? Ready? Turn on your flashlight. Okay. Yes, right, yes. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three! Ah! Are we are we in? Of course we're not in yet! Oh. Why why? Why did you go in? Why did you go in? Uh, I was waiting for you to go first. Well, you, you know what? Let, let's, let's, let's gather ourselves because you know what? Jesus gives us hope. Exactly, and I hope that you go first. Me? Yeah, Hi. because Jesus gives us courage and you're the man. So you should go first. No, you know what? You should go first because you're older. I mean wiser, you're wiser. Older and wiser. It's it? very good that you said wiser because Jesus gives us love and I can love you through that. Well, you know what? Jesus gives us direction. He does give us direction. Yeah, but and did you bring the map? Mm, no. What do you mean you didn't bring the map? I, was, I, I had my rope. I have my rope. Okay. You know what? Jesus also gives us power. And that power is greater than our problems. Than our problems. Greater than our situation. Than our situation. Greater than a lack of a map. A lack of a map. He's Who needs it? Bigger, and he can take us through this slimy, cold, dark tunnel. No. Yes. No, I don't yes. want to go. I know, I know, but we can do this. He's given us everything that we need, CJ. Jesus is the light of the world, and he's given us everything that we need That's to it. follow him. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So we're gonna do this. We're gonna do it. Together this Together time. Together this time. Yes. Okay. You ready? Okay, ready? One, two, three! I guess being older has its advantages. Come on, Mom! Who is it down there? It's dying! Alright, I'm coming, I'm coming. Just stay right there. Touch the wall, touch the wall. I think there's some crystal thing that way. You see it? You no. see it? Okay. Alright, you have to bend and I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, is this you? Hold on, is that you? Is this... No! Oh, that's you! Oh, that's, that's me, that's you! That's me! Oh. That's us! That's us! Okay. You see something? I hear voices. I'm not sure. Do you hear voices? Oh my god! Oh my Wait, god. hold on, hold on! Oh my god! I think god. I see light! Whoa! This light! We made it! Alright. Wow. That was a that was a little intense. But we're safe, so everyone could calm down. Sit down. Sit down. It's okay. We're good. Well, welcome to Kate Quest VBS. Yes! We are excited. We are ready to go. As you see, this church is 
decorated beyond belief. Um, and that's just the sanctuary that you see because all the other rooms are decorated as well. So first off, just welcome to the Sanctuary Fellowship. If this is your first time, we welcome you. I hope that you have been blessed so far. So my name is CJ and that lovely young lady right there, she's young, she's a lovely young lady. That's Pastor Mo. She's our children's pastor. And we have been working hard along with a great team to bring God to these children so that they can learn how to follow Jesus, the light of the world. So what is VBS? I just want to give you a quick glimpse into what your kids will be learning this week. And Vacation Bible School, that's what VBS stands for. Every day they learn a Bible truth or a Bible point. We call them Bible points. And they're just little truths in the Bible that help the children realize that Jesus is a real big God and he, he does great things for us. And that's our goal today is to kind of give you a glimpse and help you understand what your children will be learning. Um, and we have some wonderful station leaders that will be sharing with us today, um, including myself and Mo. And I'm just really excited, really nervous, and really stressed, but I am so happy that VBS is here. Right? All right. So we're just going to get right into it. We're going to just jump right into it. So on day one, we learn that Jesus gives us hope. Follow him. All right, that's a little something we do. You'll catch on, I hope. God bless y'all. Wasn't that cool, though, you guys, how they came in through the cave and they faced their fears and they were able to go through and do what God told them to do? Well, so I'm doing what God told me to do, even though I am terrified of standing up here. So bear with me. Um, when Mo spoke to us about the words that we were going to speak on, she told me that my word was hope. And immediately I remember something that happened to me when I was a little girl. That was the way that God showed me to continue to have hope. So in order for you to get this, I got to tell you a little bit about myself. I was born in Dominican Republic. I was born in a middle class household where, you know, we were comfortable, everything was fine. And when I was eight years old, my father lost his business. And he owed money to some pretty scary people. So in a matter of a couple of days, my family had to move. We sold everything that we could, and little eight-year-old me didn't know what was going on, but we had to come to New York. So we gather everything up, we come to New York, and I have family that lived here, but all of a sudden they have five people that they were not counting on, and they had no place to put us. There was nobody that we could stay with. So for the first couple of, I'll say month and a half, we kind of got bounced around from one house to the other, people trying to help us out the best that they could. And eventually, we got an apartment in 196 in Creston. It was a one-bedroom apartment, shared by nine people. It was my five family members, my grandma, my aunt, and her two daughters. And it was some creative things going on in order for us to fit into that room. Literally, my grandma slept in the kitchen in a little pull-out bed. It was bad. And through the years, eventually we got our own apartment. My parents, we had come here in a visa, and that visa had run out, so we were here illegally. So it was really hard for them to keep steady jobs and my father worked construction, my mother was working in a factory, and even though they did their best, there was a lot of times where my siblings and I knew that if we went to school, when we came back, we may not have 
an apartment anymore because they weren't always able to pay for that apartment. So we were in church. My, past, my pastor helped my father get our papers in order, and he became a super in a building. At that point, I think I was like 14 years old or something like that. But we had gone through so much that I remember my sister, she wouldn't even hang anything up on the wall because she knew that eventually that was going to get pulled away and we were going to have to go to another place. So we had no trust in what it was to have a stable home. And one day, I don't know why, it was the one and only time that I ever had to walk through a little, I guess you call like back alley in the building that we were in. And I'm walking because my father sent me to do something. And I look up and it was really quick and I see into this apartment and it just looked homey to me. And I don't know why, it was really quick. I saw it and I kept walking. And then I look up again and I realized, wait, that's my apartment. That's where I live. And I don't know if it was the way the light was hitting it. I don't know what it was. In that moment, God kind of just spoke to my 14-year-old self and said, you know what? There is hope that it can get better. And I was so used to the fact that, you know, it is what it is. The struggle is going to be the struggle no matter where I'm at, that I wouldn't get attached to anything. And God knew that I was ready at 14 years old to go through life not having hope, not looking beyond my current situation. In just those quick little seconds, God restored hope in me. And I realized, you know what? It can't get better. It can't be okay. And it doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter if it's your finances, the relationships that you're in, this world and all the craziness that is going on. You know, it's a lot of things going on that it's hard for kids to understand. It's hard for us grown-ups to understand. And we just kind of get used to, you know what, it's never going to be any better this is the way the world is. This is the way life is. There's nothing else to look forward to. But the truth is that Jesus gives us hope. And he gives us hope in the littlest matters. It took me two seconds to look into a window to realize, you know what? God has had my family this whole time. And I was in church and I listened to the word and I love God. But I didn't have that trust that came from the hope that he gave me. So from that moment on, I realized no matter how things happened and that apartment was still full of furniture that other people gave us and I still had to run through rats to get into the apartment but I had hope that it was going to get better I had hope that God was going to preserve us I had hope that God was going to give me that stability that I didn't know I was lacking and in that apartment building where my father was a super because God had given us hope and he had given my father faith. One day, he gave him this idea that seemed crazy to start another business. And he had already gone through so much and had every reason not to have hope. he believed and he took that leap of faith and this day that was what God used to bring my family out of that situation and we hope and pray that we're able to bring hope to someone else through that tool that God has given us so no matter what it looks like out there it doesn't matter what's going on remember Jesus gives us hope
Amen, amen. Jesus gives us hope. That is powerful in itself, and that testimony is amazing. And there's so much more, and God is good. So next, day two, we learn that Jesus gives us courage. Follow him. All right. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, yes, so we're talking about Jesus giving us courage. And when I stopped to think about what this word meant, um, to me, I started thinking about the Bible and all the examples of the courageous men and women in the Bible. Um, just to give you some of them, and I had to write some notes because I could be all over the place with my thoughts. <laughs> so, um, some examples. First of all, um, I looked up the definition of courage, right? Because some of us think we know what it is, right? We can kind of put our own words to it. I found a couple of definitions, but the one that I like the most is that courage is the ability to do something that frightens us or that is really difficult for us, right? Um, some of the examples. So one example is Abraham. Abraham was called from the land of Ur, and God told him, take your family and leave, right? That would be equivalent to us being told by God, you know, pack up your stuff, and I'm sending you to Zimbabwe, right? Like, think about that. Um, and then Abra Abraham was courageous enough to actually do it. And God blesses him. And that's a story that, you know, we are the result of today. Um, Jacobed, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. That's Moses' mom. So at the time when Moses was born, they were killing the Hebrew babies. And she had the courage to actually hide her child, to hide Moses, and to then put him in a river and hope and pray that God would save him, right? Now, I don't know how many mothers we have in here. How many moms? Raise your hand. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine putting your three-month, right, your little baby in a basket in the river and saying, Lord, well, they were going to kill him here, so let me just put him in the river and just trust you with my child. Um, that, I, I think, I have, tr my child is 12 years old. I just had to drop him off at sleepaway camp, and I was, like, having a fit this morning talking to God, saying, you better watch him, you better protect him, you better, <laughs> right? Courage. We need courage, right, to raise our children, to let them go and let God's purpose be done in their lives. Another example, Esther, right? Esther put her life on the line to save her people, right? She could have been killed at any moment. But, you know, with God, God gives us courage, right? So we follow him. Um, another example, David. David faced, David was this puny little, right, facing giant, uh, facing the giant Goliath. Like, that was kind of scary, right? Some of us know that, like kids, right? When we see that somebody's like a bully and they're bigger than us, right? They can seem really scary. But God gives us courage. Um, and finally, another example, because there's so many, but I just have to choose a few of them, was um, Moses. Moses standing up to Pharaoh, right? He gave every excuse, right? Oh, but I'm slow of speech. I don't qualify, right? Mind you, Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house, and now God is like, okay, now I want you to go back and face that man and tell him to let my people go. That takes courage, you know? So these are just some examples, and I started to think about my own life, and there's been a couple of courageous moments, but my most recent moment was about a year and a half ago. Um, I fell in love with some health products that, um, that I found, which were good for my health, and after about a month, I decided to just join the business to pay the fee to sign up just so that I could get the discount right I was like we're not doing this as a business there's <laughs> I'm not a business person that's what I told my friend that I signed up with well that was in October 2014 I signed up in November and in December there's this little prompting in my heart right around the time where Pastor George started talking about you were created for more 
right? <laughs> um, a prompting in my heart to say, work the business. And I was like, I laughed, kind of like Sarah laughed when God was like, your baby's coming <laughs> after she's like really old. And I, I was like, God, you must mean um, maybe for my mom. Maybe you're telling me because my mom is the business person. She sells everything. She's sold everything besides drugs and her body. Maybe you, maybe you mean my mom to do the business. So I'm going to tell my mom about the business because, because, because she's the entrepreneur in the family. Oh, no, maybe not mom because I told my mom and she was like, no, I'm okay. I'm like, okay. I talked to my sister. She's like a tax preparer. She's always into the entrepreneur business opportunities. She's done and sold a lot of things. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is for you because God told me, but I think he wanted me to tell you to do it. Long story short, kicking and screaming because we know that when God calls us to do something, regardless of how scary it sounds, regardless of whether it makes sense or not, we know if you really know God, you know that when he calls you to do something, it's for your own good right? Because he knows the plans he has for you. We don't know, but he does. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. Kicking and screaming. I said, all right, I'm going to do it, but I'm not a business person. I'm, you know, and I still agreeing to do it, agreeing to start my lunch party. I was still like, but Lord, like I'm the mom that gives the chocolate bars to my mom to sell them for me, for my son's school fundraiser. Or I say, how much do I have to give you? $50 here. Just give the chocolates to somebody. I'm not selling. So I did it, and that was in January. I launched my business in January 2015. Well, I have to tell you that when God asks us to do something scary or difficult, it's for more than just for you to grow in your character, right? It's for more than, than for you to just trust him. He's so strategic. He knows everything, right? Even from the time before he even put you in your mother's womb, before he created the foundations of the universe, he knew your life. And he knew everything, and he knew how everything was going to kind of fall into place. Well, I didn't know that the following month, which was February 2015, I got this beautiful bill in the mail. And it was um, Sally Mae, now called Navient, if you know anything about student loans. My bill for my student loans, my college student loans, is $800 a month. I was like, oh my gosh. Well, when I did my budget and I lined up all my finances, I was about $100 short every month just on my income. So I was already short, and that doesn't include other expenses that come up in life, right? So you put the, when you do your budget, you put like all your basic stuff, right? You put your tithes, you put your rent, you put your Edison, your cell phone, right? Food, car bills, whatever. But that little extra section, that was blank. That was zero on my budget. So I was under 100 plus more. And I have to tell you that in working the business, studying, right? One of the first biggest things I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but you know what? When God calls you to do something, it's important for you to kind of like look into it, kind of study, prepare yourself, right? Don't just go in blindly, kind of, you know, trust God, make the leap, but then prepare yourself. Do what you can in the physical and God will meet you supernaturally. So I began to study and I said, well, who's the best business person? Who's the best network marketer in the world? And you know what the answer that just popped into my head almost immediately? is Jesus. Because you know what? His product was salvation 2,000 years ago, right? And here we are today still bringing people to the kingdom. Still. And yes, there are people that are going to say no because that was my biggest fear. Like I'm going to fail or people are going to tell me no, that they're not interested. And But you know what? People tell Jesus no all the time. 
People reject Jesus all the time. So I get to partake in that and to grow and to develop and still make an impact and still get to walk and see where God is taking me because I praise God and I give him all the glory because he knew it wasn't my idea. He knew that this was what was going to help me, that actually I needed this. And I've grown so much as a result of this business in more ways than just financially and how it's blessed me. So I just wanted to encourage you guys that whether it's whether God is asking you in school you know, to stand up with the kid who's by themselves, the kid who sits by himself at lunchtime, right, that nobody wants to talk to because he's not so cool or she's not so cool, or the kid that's being bullied, for you to go and be friends and stand and say, hey, listen, I'll be your friend. I'll stand with you, right? That takes courage, right? Whether it's you wanting to kind of feeling like, you know, maybe you need to put in for that job promotion. Oh, but I'm not qualified. But listen, you don't need to be qualified. We are qualified by God. He qualifies you so he can override the requirements that it says you need a bachelor's degree, that you need 10 years experience. He can override that. So I encourage you to be courageous, to step outside your comfort zone. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, if it's your child, if it's your relationship, if it's your marriage, be courageous. Do the scary thing. Even something as simple as just talking to somebody, right? You ever been somewhere, like this happened to me in a restaurant, you ever been somewhere and you look at someone and you feel like, like, you kind of need to make conversation with the person, but, like, how? Right? Like, how do you, you kind of feel the prompting to talk to somebody because maybe God wants you to say hi to that person, and you just don't even know how. And that takes courage to just be like, listen, I don't know why, but I just feel like I have to say hi to you and just make conversation. And then you'll be surprised that that conversation will end up being, like, something life-changing or, or some way or some segue that you can tell that p- person about the Lord. You know, so I encourage you to be courageous because Jesus gives us courage. So we follow him. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> Natasha always surprises me. You know, I expected to her to talk about her military experience, but the scariest thing for her is starting a business. So she always shocks me, right? But day three, we learn that Jesus gives us direction. And all I can say is thank you, Lord, because I have no sense of direction in the physical. Turn me around and I'm lost. I need direction for every aspect of my life. And you know what's hard about direction? There are a lot of people telling you which way to go. There's media, there's Facebook, there's activists, there's movements, there's the news, there's political parties. I don't know about you, But there is one thing that I have learned and I'm so thankful that my parents taught me is that there is a place that I can go that is true, that is sure, that it's firm and it's his word, the Bible. So everything that happens, I measure against that standard. And I know it to be true because my story starts pretty young too. You all know my mom, I was a single, I was raised in a single parent household. And when it came time for college, my mother didn't really know anything about that. Unfortunately, and it's not unfortunate, I was raised in a very wealthy town. So all of these people had money, like everyone in my school, okay, a good portion, were going to Ivy League schools. That was the thing. Which Ivy League school were you going to go into, right? I didn't have the money, so I wasn't even going to apply. Well, I had a really great experience with a guidance counselor who changed my life and said, but Melissa, you have talent. You're smart. They'll give you money. Are they going to give me money? He said, yes. And he helped me do the applications. And he helped me be courageous. And he guided me 
through that process. But remember I told you that my parents taught me what a source was, where my source was. So even though I trusted this guidance counselor, I went to the word. And when I went, those, those applications got sent out and I said, Lord, the school that gives me the most money with the least work study, because I knew that I would be a mess. It was my first time away at home, very sheltered. That's where I'm going to go, Lord. That's how I'm going to know that you're in this. So it came down to two choices. Great universities, both of them, Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh. I was um, an applicant for the um, musical theater program. And they loved me. They came out. They talked to my dad. How can we make this happen? They gave me a lot of money because they wanted me to be in their musical theater program. And then there was the University of Rochester. And I went there. My parents had friends there. So these friends I grew up with, my parents' friends, right? So the other choice was be at a college with your parents' friends. Now, I don't know about you young people, but many of you would not want to go to a college where your parents' friends are close to, right? Sometimes we want to stretch out a little bit and try new things, not necessarily that that's the right way to go, right? But I prayed, and I trusted God. And I have to tell you, I remember kneeling down that day and opening that letter, and they gave me practically a full scholarship. No work study. I didn't have to do anything but maintain my grades and whatnot. I say that because it's the reason that I stand here today. Because I may not have seen the full picture, but when I look back, I see that God showed me glimpses of him at work throughout the way. So I tell you that to say that when I went to college, they learned real fast. If I pick up Melissa on Sunday morning, she's not going to be ready. She's still going to be sleeping. She's going to have a million excuses. So they started me picking up on Saturday, and then I told them, oh, I can't go. I have to do laundry. So this little tiny dynamo that I absolutely adore, great woman of God, she said, Melissa, I'm going to pick you up every day on Fridays, and you bring your laundry. Oh, but I have to study. You bring your books. Um, I had no more excuses. That woman picked me up every single Friday for four years, took me to her house, fed me, gave me money when I needed it, I taught me how to do laundry, taught me how to make rice and beans because I didn't know. She taught me how to be a choir director. She sang and played the organ. She showed me on Sunday mornings, church is very busy, Melissa, let's gather all the things by the door, pack everything so that you're ready, so that you can just go out. She taught me things that at the time, I didn't understand it. I went to Rochester to get an education, but God had a different purpose and a plan. You see, I didn't go to a church with as many people as this. They were new church planters. So they had gone to Rochester in faith to start a church. I went to a tiny little church where I had to help set up the chairs, where I had to help carry in all the children's ministry materials, where I had to do all these things, and it was awesome. And God moved. Today, that church is more than 300 strong, right? And I remember, it's awesome, and I remember thinking at that time, I want to do that someday. I want to be a part of that. It was exciting to do those things. Well, you know what? God set me up really, really good because he knew back in 19... When I was in college, right? He knew 
that someday there was going to be this thing called children's ministry at the Sanctuary Fellowship that would need somebody to start it up to start it up and then train somebody else to hand it over for the next generation and for the next generation. You see, when we trust God to follow and follow him, he meets us. He provides for us. He sets people in our path. And you know what I love about being directed by God? In Psalm 23, it says, he leads me by the still waters. He directs my path. He leads me on my path. I never had to worry in those four years whether the money was going to be enough, whether anything was going to be enough, because God, I allowed God to direct me. And as we said earlier today, you guys know that we are living in such confusing and hard times. I don't want to be directed by every outside influence. I don't even want to be directed by my friends and families. I want to be directed by a God that does not fail. A God that chooses to love, to guide, to protect, to give. That's the one that I want to be led by. So always remember, if you're struggling with indecision, bring it before the Lord. Even every relationship, open the word of God. If that man or woman doesn't meet up to the standard of the word of God, then go. Then go. In your workplace, stand, look at it. Is it the word of God? You have such authority in you, and God will direct you. So remember, God gives us direction so we can follow him. Amen, amen. So that was day three. Day four, which usually ends up being um, our most powerful day for the kids themselves, is... Day four, like I said, Jesus gives us love. Follow him, right? And it's one of my favorite topics, and um, not really, actually. Um, but it, it's a tough topic for me. And you might ask why that is, and that's a really good question. Because I'm surrounded by a lot of love. And that was never the problem. The problem was loving myself. And it started in middle school when I was bullied on a daily basis. Just for the way I walked, the way I talked, the way I looked, there was nothing right about me. I could never be seen as one of the cool kids. I could never be seen as someone to sit with and eat lunch with. I had like maybe two people that I would talk to, but everyone would sleep over each other's houses. No one ever invited me to sleep over someone's house. No one ever, no one ever said, hey, we're gonna go hang out um, on the weekend or invited me to one of their parties. I, was, I wasn't good enough for them. And it hurt as, as, as a young kid in middle school. That, that was painful to me to, to, to see everyone be so close and make lifelong friends. It hurt because I knew that when I grew up, I wouldn't have lifelong friends. And I, and I don't have friends that I went to school with and I grew up with. I, I don't. I talk to people, but it's not like a, a relationship as some of you may have with lifelong friends. Um, so it was an everyday, pro an everyday thing, and I would just walk into school, smile, but it was, it was, it was a constant act. It, I, I wrote down, it's, it was the longest show that I'd been in. Um, waking up every day and, and grabbing a different mask on how to feel that day, how to, how to present myself that day, whether I was going to be hard or whether I was going to be distant and sad or I was gonna be happy. I had to decide how I was gonna feel. And it was tiring. 
and I would come home every day, you know, I'd be, I'd be fine, but at night is when I would break. I, I would cry myself to sleep every night. I would just hear the voices over and over and over again inside my head telling me that I'm not good enough, that, that there's things wrong with me, that I was, that I'm just not, I wasn't made right. And it, the voices just kept getting to me. And little by little, I, start, I started to attach these voices to me and attach the, these, these words to me and it cover up my identity in God of, of who he says that I am. I, I covered myself because I was ashamed of myself. So everything they said, I took and I wore it as my clothing. I wore it as who I was. I was, I was who they said I was at that point. I could no longer distinguish their voices from my voices because of how, how much hurt there was. And um, so one of the toughest things is that it crossed my mind many times on how to just end the problem. I could just end the problem right here, right now, and I'd be fine. The, the situations would be done. No one would make fun of me anymore. Nobody would care that I was gone. Everything that was wrong about me would be made right because no one would see me anymore. I'd be six feet under. No one would be able to see me. No one would be able to talk to me. And that's how I felt. It hurt so much walking into school every day, being made fun of for just simple things of who I am that I couldn't change because that's how I was made. And I couldn't see that that... Well, who they said I was wasn't who I was. I couldn't see that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. How we came out this cave, I didn't see the end of the cave. All I was was I was in that cave broken. I was in that cave hurting and I couldn't get out. I couldn't escape no matter how hard I tried, no matter how hard I prayed. And I worshiped through it all and I couldn't understand why God wouldn't just pull me out. Why wouldn't God just answer my prayers? I was broken. I couldn't do it anymore. So, coming to high school, broken, hurting. I didn't expect anything to happen. I thought it, I, I, I expected it all to be the same. But my freshman year of high school, I, um, we went on the first youth retreat at this church, actually. And I was a part of that retreat. And we went away, and I just needed, I needed something. I didn't know what I needed, but I know, I knew that where I was, wasn't good. I knew that at any moment, I could break and hurt others or hurt myself. So I needed God to show up. And of course, when you seek, you find. And God, yeah. And he met me there. Although I went to this retreat with the same masks I've been wearing for years. The same mask, the same happy mask that I had on, excited, hyper. Um, and God, I didn't expect God to find me, basically. But of course, under all the masks, God saw the broken vessel that I was. God saw every single crack, every single hole, every single nick, everything, everything. God saw it and he met me there. And I remember it was after one of the worship nights that we had at the retreat. And I went to my room and I just felt, I just felt like a lot of love. And I couldn't understand the feeling. 
because I hated myself so much. It was, it was a brand new thing to me, and I couldn't understand why I was so overwhelmed with love. And I remember that I got up and I looked in the mirror. My eyes just started to well with tears. And I just went to the bathroom for a second because I didn't want anyone to see me crying. But I remember looking in the mirror and seeing everything that God saw me as. Seeing everything that was destined for me. Everything that was meant to be for me. And... Um, love you too. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I, I saw who God saw me as and... I can stand here today, and it might sound cocky, but I love myself so much. I love myself. I don't care what anybody says about me. You can tell me I'm ugly, because you ain't looking in the mirror I'm looking at. All right? I'm just saying. You can say I'm fat, and I say, what? I'm still healthy, ain't got no medical issues, so I'll stay fat if I want to. All right? I love myself so much. And you may look at my Instagram, see a bunch of selfies, but you don't know what it took to get to that point. You don't know the pain I had to go through, the voices that still try to torment me. But I say, no, 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 no. I know who I am. I am who? In Psalms 139.14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And this part, this part is so powerful. Your works are wonderful. And I now, now I know that full well that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a beautiful work of God. I am a handsome work of God. God moves through me. He sees everything, everything he sees, I see it. God is so good. God is so good because Jesus gives us love and i will follow him to the day i die regardless of what anyone says regardless of how stupid i may look regardless of how dumb people perceive me no matter what i i don't if i don't have words god will give me words if i don't have songs god will give me songs and i'm gonna follow him my heart is sold completely to him abandoned there's water i'm gonna jump in i'm gonna jump in in faith jesus gives us love Amen. Wow. Woo. Jesus. Jesus gives us love. He gives us hope. He gives us courage. And Jesus gives us power. Jesus gives us power. You know, I love what he said, how we are fearfully and wonderfully made, right? So I stand here, right? I have heels on. But if I take these heels off, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait for it. I like just drop like, and I don't know if you actually can see how short I actually am. But I stand 5'1", okay? So you see my height? Melissa knows what I'm talking about because she is shorty like me. Okay, so, so us short people, right? We have the tendency to go through life feeling a little bit powerless, right? So yesterday, I went to my aunt's house and I had to go pick up a microwave. And so she was so concerned that Josh wasn't with me and she's like, you know, I don't know if you can take that microwave down to the car all by yourself. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, really? I look that weak to you? I look that powerless? So I looked at my aunt. Now, mind you, my aunt is like 73 years old and she's like, don't worry, I'll take it down for you. And I'm like, what? I'm like, um, Aunt Charlene, I got it. 
I got it. I carried five babies. I got it. Don't worry. It's just a microwave. Relax. And I'm like, dang, does that how people see me? Because I'm just like this, you know, little short thing. And I'm like, you know. So growing up, you know, I had like any, any short people with the Napoleon complex. Anyone? Any, thank you, Chatty. Thank you. I have one. There's my sister right there, right? So, you know, we short people, you know, we're small. And I've always felt sort of small in life and always felt like I had to sort of overcompensate for that. So I was this big, short, loud, like, teenager where I thought that I could, like, fight the world. And I was like, I don't care if you kick my butt. I will still get in your face and I'll still, you know, step up. I don't care. And let me tell you, just because I fought a lot, it didn't mean that I didn't get my behind kicked because I did. But I wasn't afraid, so, you know, the little Napoleon complex in me was like, come on, you know. But on a serious note, and for those of you who, have known my, who know my story, you know that growing up being sold as a baby into this country and, you know, um, at three months old and never knowing my bio- biological family and, you know, growing up in an abusive environment and then being orphaned all over again for a second time when I was a teenager and going into foster care and becoming a ward of the state, those things made me feel completely powerless, completely, without feeling like I had no ability, no sense of influence. So many things happened to me, as I'm sure have happened to most of us in situations where we've had no power to create any kind of change. Um, for our lives, and and maybe you're a child in here, and maybe you feel like that way, and you feel like that in school, or maybe you're an adult, and in our adult lives, sometimes, you know, we feel powerless in our jobs, or in our marriages, and just with the chaos that's happening in the world, and I know that we've mentioned that several times this morning, but that leaves us feeling powerless a lot of times, right, and so as I was searching um, scripture, and getting ready for this morning, I came across one of my favorite, favorite, favorite scriptures, which is Acts 1-8. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be his witnesses in all of Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when I received salvation and Jesus came into my life, a power just overwhelmed my life. The power of Christ, the ability of the Holy Spirit began to well up on the inside of me. And no longer did I have to stay stuck in a little Napoleon complex thinking that like it was me versus the world. It was little Lee, which they actually used to coin as a nickname for me. Little Lee coming to like fight everybody and make everything right. It was now the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me that now began to create change all around me. And when I looked at my body, it was healed. And when I looked at my mind, I started thinking right. And when I looked at the way that I treated people, I was able to love, but not in my own power, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And last, and yesterday I was at a bridal shower and I was sitting there, I was with a dear friend of mine and, and I sat next to these women that I had no clue who they were. And I'm talking to, because I can make friends with a tree. Did you know that? Like, I, 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 me and this pole, you give us enough time and we'll be friends, like probably within five minutes, so that you know that about me. So anyway, so I'm sitting with these strangers, which is all good, because I love being in the company of strangers. I love getting to know people. And so I just turned to this one girl and we start talking and turns out we ended up, we not at the same 
years, but we went to high school, to the same high school, and so we sort of, you know, just started chatting, and all of a sudden, one thing led to another, and I start sharing with her little bits and pieces of my life. We're in the middle of a bridal shower in a really nice venue, and she just starts bawling, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, and she's like, and she's not saved, and she's like, I don't, I, I don't even know what's happening right now. She puts her hand on her head. She's like, I don't even know what's happening right now. She's like, like I know that I'm in a bridal shower, but I am not here. She's like, this is so weird. What is this? And I said, well, that's the presence of God. That's the spirit of God helping you to understand that he's here with you and he's walking through life with you. And she was like, but you're saying things that I feel like you're reading my mail. And all I kept thinking was the power of the Holy Spirit gives me insight into people's lives so that as I'm sitting in a bridal shower, I can begin to speak life. And the the little powerless story that I grew up with and that I had is now being used to infuse life and hope and power into this life of a girl, of a complete stranger that I do not know. She's scratching her head. What's happening right now? And I'm like, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, can I take your number? Can we stay in contact? I mean, I'd really like to get together. I was like, absolutely. And you know me, I got my little, you know, business cards on me. So I'm like, yeah, here you go, boo. I'm like, here's my card. You know, and she, I was like, stay in contact. Hit me up on Facebook, Instagram. And she was like, oh my gosh. And she's hugging on me and she's loving on me. And she's like, oh my God, I am so happy I came here today. She's like, I mean, I thought I was here for this bridal shower. She was like, but now I know that I was here to talk to you. And she was like, and thank you so much and of course I invited her to the church and then to get up here this morning and to share with you that Jesus gives us power goes so far beyond just the words of it but all the things that you are unable to do all the places that you feel like you do not have influence in over your lives know that the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be able to overcome and to be able to have influence and power in other people's lives in your own personal life, and in the body of Christ. So Jesus gives us power. Follow him. I don't know about you guys, but I'm so thankful I have these adults pouring into our kids. Because I look at them, they are such incredible men and women of God. And as we come to a close today, As we come to a close, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And it's that light that we're trying to share with your children today. But we don't want you to leave here without experiencing, without feeling that touch of God. So I'm just going to ask as the musicians come, I'm going to ask our station leaders, those that will be giving the lessons, if you would come and stand here. This morning, I'm going to ask us all just to stand. I'm going to do this a little differently today. This morning, if maybe you're in a place like Nieves that you feel is hopeless, that you feel, God, I need to know that you give us hope, I want you to come. We want to pray for you, that God would infuse that hope in you. If you feel today that you need direction, God, I know that you're leading me somewhere or I want to make sure I'm making the right decisions and choices. And I'm going to ask even other station leaders who are station leaders to come. If you need direction today for your family, for your relationship, for your job, just come. 
Today, if you need love, like CJ, and you said, you know, I don't even feel worthy of knowing this God, this awesome God that you are talking about, come. We want to pray with you. This morning, if you need courage and boldness, come. We'll stand with you. We will agree with you. This moment, if you're feeling powerless, if you're feeling powerless this morning, just come. And congregation, you can just begin to come forward. You don't have to wait for anyone to direct you. Just find someone here. But just come. We want to pray with you. And now I'm going to ask, as you're coming, congregation, if you're standing there today, I'm going to ask you to put your hands on that chair because there's going to be a child there. And many of them need the love of Jesus. There's going to be a mom that may come in and she needs to know the love of Jesus. So as you stand there, congregation, will you help us pray over this sanctuary? Will you just say, God, whoever sits in this chair, may they be changed forever. Jesus. Jesus. I'm just going to ask the worship team to come. Jesus. Oh, God, we need you, God. Our community needs you, God. Our world needs you, Lord. Jesus, I'm so thankful for men and women, God, who would be so transparent, Lord, that you would be glorified. Lord, I pray that you would use every worker, every adult, every volunteer, every child to bring you glory, oh God. We worship you, Lord.